On Sex Positive Me, we explore all aspects of sex and relationships, ranging from fetishes and BDSM to ethical non-monogamy and LGBTQ issues. Sex Positive Me destigmatizes sexual practices and relationships while reconciling reality with myth and misconceptions. Our goal is to educate, entertain, and be advocates of sexual freedom. And now here's your hosts, Angelique and John Luna. everyone happy by visibility day i don't know why i'm having tongue twisting with that well, now isn't it by visibility plus day oh i'm uh, i know it's all the same it, it is all the same but welcome it's angelique luna with my co-host partner in crime bisexual husband and lover john c luna you always stick on a lot of titles hello I everyone do. I, love I like the it. titles <laughs> so like to- i said i want to get a big name tag it'll be, be more like a platter but I'm going to go through all the podcasts, put all the little labels, and then put them all there. Oh, Lori. And, and over the years, if you've listened to us, it's a lot. It's a lot. Creative. creative is good. I know. But I, I, we're also going to like put out there that we need more creativity there. But today, we're as always. Well, we have creativity. Oh. We have creativity from across the pond, which I'm very excited about. I know. we. This one is a blast from us. Now we have Chloe from Stripper Stories Podcast with us. Welcome, Chloe. How are you? I'm really good. Thank you for having me. Such a pleasure to be here. I'm a big fan of your podcast. So yeah, thanks for having me. You have no idea how excited it is to find people like outside of the immediate area listening. <sighs> yeah, I know, isn't it? Especially like, all the way where I am as well, like so far away. Just like I, I'm sure like America is like one of those, oh, it's just so far. And this same, same thing with England for us. We're like, holy yeah. crap. Yeah. That's awesome. Yes, we'll, yeah. we'll eventually get there. That, that was supposed to be my uh, 30th birthday present going to London and Paris. But uh, baby daddy decided to change its plans and sue me for full custody. So you know where my money oh. went to. It's like, oh. So. And guess who's turning 45 this year? And guess woo, who woo. was supposed to be on, or on another big uh, trip across the pond? I'm supposed to. Let's Damn you, see. COVID. COVID, <sighs> COVID the cock blocker. That, that yeah. is a new name for COVID this time. COVID the cock blocker. Ooh. Now I want to make a meme out of that. We are going to make it a meme not, out of it. It will not be PG. No. Kind That's of. so good. <laughs> so tell us a little bit about yourself. And your podcast. Okay, I will. I mean, I'm a, well, pre-COVID, I was a dancer, stripper a stripper from in America, I guess. We call them dancers over here. Um, and I worked in the club for about eight years. I was a professional dominatrix for a bit. Um, I was a GFE walker, which is like a girlfriend experience, sugar baby. Um, and now I currently work on adult work, which is an online camming site because everything's now has gone online, which we spoke about earlier. Um, and yeah, so I'm doing that. And I'm also doing my little podcast, my little baby podcast called Stripper Stories. Um, and it's, yeah, it's been really fun. I've only done a couple of episodes, but uh, I've got a lot of different people on there and a lot of different stories. It's mostly customer stories from the sex industry. So they're quite funny, quite out there, pretty raunchy. And um, and then, yeah, we have like doctors on there talking about the history of BDSM and kink and hysteria. So it's it's got a bit of everything, I think. And I'm really enjoying doing it. I just love the title, stripper, stripper stories, straight to the point because, um, okay. So yep. we actually eloped in Vegas. <gasps> yes. 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 So, what, so what do you do when you get married in Vegas, when you're done with the ceremony? Go to the strip club. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, you do. 
Spearmint Rhino was the name. Yeah, so we only had one uh, couple of our friends just ask, no, seriously, where are we going? I'm like, seriously, we're going to strip up. No, no, seriously. No, I'm like, I'm dead serious. And it Good. Was we yeah. brought some vanillas. Good. I used to work at Spearmint Rhino in London, so I know the exact club you're talking about. And I went there when I was last in Vegas. Good oh, place. There's yeah. one in London. We now we have to go well, to now London. We have a mission. We have a mission. But Other actually, than the Doctor Who mission, but yeah. We, we we actually have a story for it because we met. This, <gasps> go. Yeah, yeah. Here we're go, we're gonna go right with stripper. Oh, stories. go for the stripper stories. Give it to me. <laughs> oh, I want it all over my face. Come on, let's go. <laughs> so. Again, we just finished the ceremony. We went back to the room. Someone was babysitting all the kids, so we're free for the night. We go ahead and we go to the Spearmint Rhino. It told, again, we're dressed up. Still, I have my uh, little bow tie on. You have your little tiara on. Let everyone know we just got married. So they're all very hospitable. They bring us in. We start having a wonderful time. And I can never remember the girl's name but she was the most adorable thing I had ever seen. Yeah, I, I'm trying to oh. think of her name too. It's like, I, I want to say like a Sally or a Sarah, something as- It, it was normal. It, it, it was it a was, normal name. It, was, it wasn't like a stripper name. Less, That's less what I think it's Yes. Right, like Rachel or something. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's why I was like, Sally, Sarah, something. But it was with an S, I remember that one. Right. So super cutie, l- little petite brunette there. So I think you bought me to dance first. I don't know. Everyone was buying dances right. there. It, it was hysterical because, you know, even we tried to buy a dance for the vanilla couple and she just got mortified and petrified. I'm like, it's just a dance. You're okay. It's like, no, no. But then I yeah. bought you to dance and the girl started dancing on you and you were getting into it because your clothes started coming off. <laughs> yes. That's what I like to hear. Apparently it's not allowed not in for Vegas customers to, take to get off. naked, even if they are women. Because I mean, I've heard that gr- before. <laughs> I'm like, mm, doesn't surprise me that one. No, nope. to be honest. But it's yeah, ve- we figured it's Vegas. Yeah. yeah, yeah. After a few drinks, why the hell not? So I'm watching. I was sober, actually. <laughs> I was enjoying the hell out of it because you no, know, I had this beautiful dancer trying to put your clothes back on as you're taking them off, and I'm sitting there going, "Oh my god!" And I got married today. The, the next rest of my life's gonna be amazing. Oh my God, what have I done? Kind of like, oh my God, this is crazy. <gasps> I can imagine it now. Yeah, I mean, Spirit Rhino is a club. It's a club of all clubs, really. It's like the super club of strip clubs. Um, yes. In London, it is the same kind of thing. They have the same interior, the same, you know, theory behind everything in there. It's kind of like, it's got, it's completely managed completely differently from any other strip club I've ever worked in. Um, and there's more girls than you've ever seen before. There's like hundreds of them. Ever. Mm-hmm. Yes, it's like some strip clubs, it, it's like they're massive, but there's like only a few select girls. Spimit Rhino is just like any girl all the time. We want every single person in, in this place. And it's a lot of competition, but a great place to work. Great place to work. You see, they, they, they do have some amazing ones in South Florida. And I had yeah. been down there a few years ago. And apparently, you know, normally a, a, a strip club will buy an old club and move in there. <laughs> yep. No. This is in Hollywood, Florida. They bought it at a closed Home Depot. If you could imagine the size of it, and like you said, there were girls everywhere. But the most impressive thing was the pole. It's normally what? A 12-foot pole, maybe 15-foot? No, it wasn't massive floor-to-ceiling. This yes. thing went floor to ceiling. If you could, and I watched this girl climb up and then come down hands free. And I think I handed her a fifty and said, "You just deserve it." That <laughs> that was that was circus shit. Yeah, 
That is the best thing. Have you seen the one on the internet that like literally went viral about a woman who did a kind of similar trick in a floor to ceiling club that was like a million feet high and she was doing a trick, but then just completely just catapulted down into like the splits or something and lost her mind. And then she carries, carries on twerking, I think. So yeah. everyone thinks she's dead. Have you seen it? No, we ha I, I have I saw that a few years ago and it was one of those, it was hard to watch. Oh, you're like, no, ooh, uh, ooh, hey, she's fine. Yeah, like she's alive. Honestly, it takes some sort of tricks to do those sorts of things. I mean, I'm not that type of dancer. I mean, I can swing around the pole at the top, but none of those death drops. I'm just, I, I value my faith too much. And once you've had a few drinks, never know how that's going to go. Absolutely not. <laughs> but yeah, I, I would love to have seen that. That's just a special breed of like ex-athlete turned sex industry you know like yeah. they were in the olympics at 16 <laughs> and then passed their prime at 17 and now they're in the industry and can do things with their bodies no one else can yeah for real i just gotta stay away from that league there's no point <laughs> oh lord not not that we know of any athletes after 17 past their prime which is not true but of course you oh, know olympics it is no, no? but that's okay no. keep making it up <laughs> You'd hope they still have a job after 70. That's pretty young to be like losing your shit, isn't it? Exactly. Okay. Maybe yeah. like 22. Okay, 22 is more realistic. That is much Yeah, more but 22-year-olds, we still call babies. <laughs> That's true. Even I do. I'm just like, when you see the little baby strippers come in and they're like 18, 21, you're like, oh, they're such babies. Like doe-eared, like Bambi legs, like trotting around in these massive pleaser shoes. You're like, oh God, poor little babies. Um, yeah, I'm the same. <laughs> so. <laughs> so tell us, um, we, we know how COVID has definitely affected us here. Mm -hmm. How has it affected your life? Because I can't imagine, like you said, you, you, you were a stripper, were a dancer before. Before, before the, the time before. Well, you know, it could be like Houston. Houston actually created a drive-through strip club. Yeah, and, I heard about this. I heard yeah. about this. This is and a they, really good idea. The, and they have established cash apps and Venmos for customers to scan for the dancers. Yeah, so, they yeah. stay in their car, don't they? They just stay yeah. in their car. They and, stay in and the, the car. They and drive they, into a bay and then they just dance, dance. don't they? Yep. Mm. Oh, good. Such a good idea. We would never do that in London. There's just no way in hell. Yeah. This is what I love about America. I'm just like, anything just goes. You know what I mean? Support a sex worker. I mean, obviously, you don't have the, um, the government help, I guess, for the, I don't know what you'd call it over there, but um, we get like for self-employed dancers of any kind, whether you're a, a ballet dancer or a stripper, they don't really... Uh, I guess pick or choose whether you're a sex worker or not. Whereas in America, didn't they cut it? Oh yeah. Cut it oh off? yes. Yeah. Oh yes. Yeah, There's I heard about this. That's horrendous. That's against horrendous. sex workers. Oh, that's that's just the sex industry, period. Because we've been affected a few times too, and I'm like, I'm an educator. Damn it, I'm an educator. Regardless if you're an educator or a dancer or an escort or what, I mean, it, it is a job. It's the oldest job in the world. Uh, you know, people using their bodies and using sex and selling sex. It's, you know, prostitution has been going on for millions of years. Do you know what I mean? So it's for me, it's just it's flabbergasting me that it's 2020 and we are still having an issue with it. Um, and not just that, but putting barriers in the way for people to not be able to normalize things such as like camming or stripping or, you know, I still find it hard to talk about or at least admit, uh, you know, put my face to my podcast, for instance. That's That's even... You know, it's quite a sad thing, but I don't do that. You know, um, 
because of probably the British stiff upper lip situation that goes on over here. Um, <laughs> and obviously all the other muggles, I would call them involved in my podcast, you know, if it's kind of just like a chain reaction. If one person knows, you know what I mean? So it's just to kind of keep them more safe than anything. But yeah, it's sad, isn't it? Um, but things have changed completely. Like from me working in the club, then, I mean, going on sugar baby dates that was a thing people don't meet up anymore or come within two feet of uh, two meters of each other so that is a complete no-no and then the dungeons have all closed so that's a no too so now it's um camming and that's a massive thing over here at the moment i'm probably in america as well yep um, oh yeah big time yeah cam it's quite good money as well i mean you can work whenever you want it's nice and safe there's no covid cock block actually it's made it better if anything, because <laughs> um, people are sat at home uh, in the middle of a Zoom meeting or they'll be like finishing their work call and then they'll just get onto adult work, knock one out and then go back to work. And it's just the easiest <laughs> thing, you know? Um, but I don't know. I, I find it quite fascinating. I've met quite a lot of cool people on it and um, it's helped me like, I guess, still have stuff on my podcast to talk about and, you know, be able to pay my rent, which is nice, you know? Um, but yeah, no, things have completely changed. And a lot of girls have turned to things like OnlyFans as well, um, which, we're, which we spoke about earlier. Like that's something I haven't actually personally uh, joined or subscribed to yet. Um, but I have a lot of friends who have, and that is apparently a great money-making uh, service. Yeah, or it's good. Perhaps was, because we know there was, was. a big problem. Uh, and Huge. like I said, the sex industry is, again, affected by government. That's one thing. Yes. It's affected by social stigma, which is hysterical because most of the people yelling the loudest are the ones actually probably the biggest customers. <laughs> that it literally you nailed it. This is what I was, oh my God, it's so frustrating, isn't it? Like, uh, all the people that you are, are blocking every avenue for anyone to succeed are, are, is, are the people that you speak to every night in the club. We were speaking about this on about the OnlyFans and about... Um, I think I was speaking to someone else about it on a podcast about in America, obviously they're not helping out sex workers or giving them any type of funding at all. Um, you know, people like, I mean, Trump, wasn't he a avid, uh, <laughs> we'll talk about it forever, but I mean, didn't he love going to the clubs and like dating all the women from the industry or whatever else? Do you know what I mean? He, he's dipped his toe in the water and been around a lot of people that are involved in the sex industry. So you'd think that he would, he would at least, I don't know, have less to say. But well, our first lady is a soft corn, is a former soft porn model. Model. I didn't want to say that because I wasn't really, I was like, Oh, no, no, oh, you no, 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 friggin' legal system with discriminating anything sex, anything sex workers um, related. I, I am not currently a fan of Miss Kamala Harris. I, I, I'm going to say that vocally because of her past views. And I know, and here's the, the, the dirty secret. She actually was a GFE back in the day. It's surprising to me. Like I was speaking to someone at a party and loads of women whether they've worked in you know the banking industry the, the something else sector this and that everybody's done it like and they kept it secret or they've dated a guy with money an older guy with money who's put money into their bank account that's basically what that is right like, gfe is, is such a broad term it doesn't mean you have to go on a website and tout around for business loads of women have been paid for dates 
And that's what that is, right? Like that you're working in the sex industry. You're selling sex. You're selling yourself, right? You're selling um, the companionship, the emotional yeah. connection, feeling yeah. worthy. Because I've done it too. I, I still do. I, I am on the sugar uh, babies dating sites there, even though I'm married because I, I enjoy that. I, you know, I enjoy helping people because that's all they need. They need that comfort touch because people don't realize the importance of working in your own relationship and maintaining that, maintaining that physical connection, that emotional connection, you know, that mental connection that people just kind of go in their routine and don't think it's actually necessary. You know, it's like, we're married, we're done. That's it. We have kids, we have our businesses. I'm like, "Mm -mm, no. And that's why this industry will never die ever. Yeah. I mean, obviously some parts of it will get less like paying for porn. No one does that anymore. Um, even paying for, for strip dances. I think the golden age of stripping has gone too. I'm not even sure if I'll ever go back. You know, it was, it was mm. dying out just before COVID and it's, I think it's going to stay dead. Um, however, things like GFE, girlfriend experience and women who work in the like dominatrix sub domination industry that I don't think that's going to go anywhere because there's always got to be an outlet and a place of people who have a, have a kink. Right. Um, and it can't always be satisfied via cam. Like some people do actually want to feel physical touch and feel like, you know, so I agree with you. I don't think the industry will ever fully die, but I think the big bucks, you know, the ones where you buy three houses in this, this in six months or, you know, people would get paid a lot for porn and people were supporting the sex industry like that. I think that's, I think that's gone, unfortunately. That's over because the stigma is gone for yeah. the actors. And this new generation, the millennials, getting well, for the most of them, getting naked is, is no big deal. They see so much nudity because they, the idea of grow, growing up with the internet it is still just an amazing concept for me that, you know, when I grew up, of course, you had a dictionary and a freaking encyclopedia. You had books. And four channels on the TV. And nowadays, kids want to know anything, see anything. Like you said, they want to go ahead and have a girlfriend experience. They can get on Zoom and have it in moments. It's instant gratification. So I think eventually, though, I mean, things are changing in the sense that before COVID, do you guys have cuddle parties? A what? (laughs) A cuddle party. Oh, a cut. No. Explain to me, please. Is that just an American thing? I, I think it may have started. So I know it started in Portland, Oregon there. Obviously, with everything going more and more online, we're getting less and less connected with people. Right. And we're missing out on the physical touch and not even the sexual touch. We are a very cuddly couple. Every morning when we wake up, whoever wakes up first rolls over on top of the other. And we just spoon and cuddle Love for that. 20 minutes before we get up. But there's yeah. a lot of people that don't have this due to job, due to being single, due to for whatever reason. Mm-hmm. So for the last year, we've been hearing about, and obviously it, we're talking 2019 because everything stopped in February. No, the cuddle party has been going on much longer. Really? Yeah. The, Maybe cuddle, out in Portland. Yeah. No, they, they've been around as far as I know from 2016, the cuddle parties there. So wow. it's basically um, like an event that you all get together. They go through all, all over the uh, consent rules. What is allowed? What is not allowed? There is no nudity. Everyone is fully clothed in comfortable clothing. And you just cuddle with each other. So you're touching and feeling like rubbing your heads, the feet, the hand, whatever touching sensation you like, but you're still 
holding someone tight and cuddling. So that is just so nice. So that is just the service that it is or the parties. And that's what the color party is. You just get a bunch of people that are comfortable, consensual to physically touch each other. So it could be like rubbing your neck, massaging, rubbing your legs, whatever the touch or cuddle position that you want, as long as it is non-erotic or sexual. Let's just hope. I was just thinking about this. I was like, it sounds so wonderful, but you're like, what if someone hadn't showered or hadn't put deodorant on that day? Or, you know, what if you weren't, you weren't getting the, I don't know, the musk that you wanted and you couldn't really cuddle as deep as you wanted. It just reminds me of those ayahuasca parties that people go to and they, they drink that tea, don't they? But obviously they don't cuddle with each other, but some of them just have these really bad experiences, even though they're around other people. I don't know. I mean, I'm all about the cuddling, but I just have to know about the personal hygiene, first of all, because that for me is a huge thing. Oh yeah. And, um, and yeah, and it wouldn't really matter if it was a girl or a boy at mm-hmm. all. Um, maybe it's just my, my British stiff upper lip coming in, but I'd be no, like, no, there are those rules and guidelines that everyone, um, no colognes, no, no perfumes there because of, um, it's what do you call allergies. it? It's allergies there, uh, scent allergies. Cause we actually know someone that her scent allergies insane that she always has to wear an, a mask on. Oh no. Yeah. So we always feel bad for her every time we see her at events because she just, you know, it's whatever chemicals are in the air. She just can't handle it because of the sensitivity there. But yes, they do say that in the uh, descriptions of all the color parties, what not to wear, to be fully showered, be prepared. So yeah, the hygiene is the big thing. (laughs) That's good. (laughs) Sorry, I had to just state that. I was just like, oh, yeah, no, 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 just no. sounds fantastic, but I just really want, want someone to shower before. Um, but I hope they come to the UK. That would be great. I mean, I think we definitely, definitely need that over here. Like personal touch and connection. And I mean, I was watching this thing on Netflix the other day about tantric sex, the mm-hmm. unwell um, episodes. And it, that was really fascinating. Um, I was watching it with a lot of my stiff upper lip friends and they're like, but they're all touching each other. I'm like, exactly like there's nothing wrong with that (laughs) it's you don't have to have sex with someone to want to touch them you can just you know it's just being human and having a human connection without it being sexual like is that a big deal like yeah I mean so I get you 100% that program is fantastic well the one thing it's it's starting actually had been producing were professional cuddlers which is kind of a hard word to say but yes People wow. that you will just basically, like you said, you got a lunch break or you go see a therapist, whatever you you go down there. And again, you just cuddle with them for an amount of time. And I could see that for certain people. I mean, I know people that in America are in jobs where they're working 60 hours a week or they're in relationships or marriages where they're in it for the kids or they're just completely unhappy. Mm-hmm. It's a great outlet to, 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 to process those emotions yeah. and to get touched. Yeah, but not in the dirty way. No. Yeah, in, in a dirty way. way at all. <laughs> not in the dirty way. <laughs> That's good. That's really good. Yeah, I mean, I felt the same way. I had a, I had a sugar daddy once, the last one I had, actually. I talk about it on the podcast. And he, um, he was one of those uh, working in the city types that was just a big CEO of a company, always telling people what to do. And then he just wanted to be more submissive in his sexual life. And he had one of those marriages that we were just talking about, no physical touch, the sex had just gone to shit, they had a kid and then they just basically haven't talked since. So he did search for something else in the GFE experience. Um, 
and I met him in the strip club and that was I mean I was with him for four years and we did some crazy weird shit together he taught awesome. me a lot of stuff um but he was and that was really cool because I could tell that he needed something else that a normal person wouldn't need because he was just so detached from humans you know um that was fascinating for me but yeah I get you the GFE experience is good for both parties Mm -hmm. I personally found you know you learn a lot you feel a lot and like the other person gets what they need to um it's a great job see the interesting thing is we we've actually been approached many times by at least four times in the last year and a half by dominatrix that are looking for couples and we're like we're both dumb yeah we're too dominant sorry we're not your submissive (laughs) couple that you're looking for it's like no it's like please (laughs) you pick the wrong couple yeah you need to find the right ones that, I mean, that, that connection, you know, it has to be right. Like someone can just say, oh yeah, I can be submissive sometimes. It just doesn't work. You can see straight through it, can't you? Mm-hmm. And you, you just are what you are. I mean, I've, I've naturally said to people before, like I'm naturally dominant, but with the right person, I can be less dominant, never submissive, you know? Right. So yeah, so I get that with both of you. So how does that work in the bedroom with both of you then? You're both dominant. Is it like, well, how does that work? We're switches. We'll switch between each other. Um, I. I think I'd say I have gone really submissive with maybe three people my whole life. Right. Otherwise, it's always dominant. Mm, you <laughs> <a little> <laughs> it's like really? <laughs> yeah, it's like yeah. Who are the other two you've been submissive to? <laughs> well, you know, you know one of them. And the funny thing is, I have a thing for accents. And yeah. what got me was she was like six foot two and South African. Oh. And I, I was like a little play toy to her, and it was just so much fun. Oh, the logistics there just sound amazing. Yes. Yeah, yeah so the, ac- it, it, the accent's quite direct, isn't it? Oh, like yeah. Like you shut up and put up, don't you? <laughs> I don't know what it is. It's, it's the, and I know they're different, and I can tell the difference. It's always the English, the uh, South African, and the Australian accents. And a lot of Americans have a thing for them. A yeah. A lot. And I know yeah. when we talk, most, most other countries we basically sound ignorant. <laughs> you know what? I actually disagree with you at all. I, I, I kind of agree in some circumstances because like we were, we were brought up on American TV and ah. it's normally junk TV. So when you hear an American speak in the UK, it's always like, oh, I remember that. Pro-. It's kind of just, I think it's just one of those things. But, gotcha. but we find the American accent hot. Like as a female, I'd be like, ooh, is he Amer-? I hear an American accent. It's almost <laughs> like he's just smoking hot. You know what I mean? That's how we feel. Um, it's probably similar how you feel about the Australian accents and things like that. It's it like perks your ears up a little bit. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Feel you for real. So the one thing I know we we mentioned to uh, start talking about, we started talking about OnlyFans. Yeah. And how some <clears throat> Disney debutantes screwed it up uh. for so many people. <sighs> Oh dear, here we go. I mean, yeah. I mean, we'll have to get serious at some point. We just couldn't talk about, (laughs) you know, being dom and accents the whole time. True story. Um, Well, yeah, she she is a funny, funny creature. She's one of those people I followed for a while because I thought, you know, her whole feminism be open and positive with your body, but she's an ex-Disney princess and she's kind of gone to the way Miley Cyrus would have gone if she wasn't barred by Disney. Do you know what I mean? She'd had a bit more like craziness about her. Um, And so she was obviously doing a, a research 
job for a film and she's decided to sign up to OnlyFans. And she said to everybody on her Instagram and on the platform, you're going to see loads of stuff you don't see on my Instagram. I can't wait to be sexually free like I really want to be. And everyone's like following Bella Thorne thinking, oh, wow, actually, you know, she's always been such an advocate for being sex positive. This could be a really great great thing for the platform not only that but for other people working on the platform other strippers doms anybody else who's got an only fans um and and yeah so we were really looking forward to subscribing to her only fans um she made a million pounds in one day she made two million dollars dollars pounds same thing um in a week so two million dollars in a week, which is like a record for the platform. So that was ridiculous. And for me, I mean, just to make it clear, there's nothing wrong with a celebrity getting an OnlyFans. Like Cardi B has one, you know. She but she doesn't overpromise and underdeliver. And that was the big thing with Bella Thorne. Carly, she, I think Carly always overdelivers. <laughs> Cardi always same thing. <laughs> she's she's amazing, but she's like, guys, you're not going to see any WAP. You're not going to see any of this. You're just going to see my backstage pass for my music videos. Whereas Bella Thorne was like, ooh, come and see my nipples. And that is not what you got. It, you, I mean, people were subscribing to her left, right, and center. And then all the chargebacks started happening. Um, so the platform basically lost its shit and started tarnishing everyone with the same brush. All of the um, content creators have now got a cap on the money that they are allowed to charge for tips and for content. And instead of getting paid every week, they get paid every 30 days now, just in case they get chargebacks. So horrendous for the platform and for the girls. Well, the girls are the ones I'm mostly concerned about. Again, mm-hmm. I, a lot of people have gone to webcamming who haven't yeah. done it before, who haven't, uh, and OnlyFans. And this is a time where jobs are not available. Mm-hmm. You know, you, you can't go out and apply at the McDonald's or 7-Eleven because they're all damn closed still. Mm-hmm. So a lot of people are relying on this for their rent, for their livelihood. And yep. here comes someone who already, ha- let's just say, has the money, has the popularity, came in, did some, made $2 million, and then walked away and left destruction in her path. Literally. Yeah, it's, of- like, it's, like, it's like a girl in the strip club. Like, you know, like the, the most famous stripper in London. She'll come into the strip club, stamp on everyone's heads, steal everybody's customers, and then run off. And I've seen it happen. And I was saying to a couple of my friends who have OnlyFans, I'm like, do you remember when we stole that customer? Do you remember when we do the sex, you know, we're in the sex industry for money at the end of the day. And it is quite a catty, catty world. But there's there's one thing doing that in a small scale, um, or there's Bella Thorne, which is a completely different kettle of fish. Like she just, and, and the thing is about it, which I, I find hilarious is that she fluffed it up with, I'm, you know, I'm trying to do something positive for everyone. Look what I'm doing for us all. All no, of us. Sex. I'm just like, hun, did you really say that? And they're just like, I'm researching for a, you know, a, a, an acting role. And then the director came back and said, no, you're not. What are you talking about? <laughs> Like you're actually not. So you're just doing this for yourself to just get some cash. And she just made her cash and ran. And, um, and I mean, now she's talking about, you know, she apologized very loosely apologized. Of course. On, on her Twitter standard. Um, and then she says that she's having talks with only fans. She said, um, but how did she put it? It was well, like, you see, so look what I've done now. I've proven that this, this, um, platform isn't proof perfect and someone can fuck with the system so look at me now you know making all your lives better by even changing your rules of the platform how amazing am i and it's like 
Holy, Holy shit. shit. Yeah. I'm like, you blow my mind. Like you are an actor. That's one thing you are like fucking hell. Like, sorry for about my French, but seriously. Oh, that's no, okay. It's uh, bring it. Yeah. Bring it. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, I don't know. It's, it's something that's been talked about and talked about again. And she hasn't apologized. She said she's going to do something with the money. I mean, I hope she gives it to a strippers collective or a food bank or someone that that needs it. She clearly doesn't need it. Um, and no one's going to go and watch that hypothetical film anymore. That's, for sure. No. <laughs> I mean, none of the strippers or OnlyFans, you know, creators who would have actually gone to see it. Um, it's almost like when uh, that, what was it called? Hustlers movie came out with Jennifer Lopez and all of the strippers in the world were like, oh my God, it's in a movie about strippers. Like it's so, you know, gentrified now, like check us out. Like, and uh, everybody went to watch it and it, you know, skyrocketed the numbers and it was a massively positive thing. Um, and I think she could have done that. Could have. Could have. have Did not. But yeah, that's just, you know, um, unfortunately, to tell you the honest truth, the only Disney celebrity of the Disney um, genre of princesses has been Christina Aguilera. She has been the only one that was stable enough who always kept her batshit craziness from the beginning, being the rebellious one. So she didn't have that hard crash like Brittany and Miley Cyrus and Demi Lovato. Let, let's go down the whole list of it. You yeah. know, You're she right. had bad relationships. But other than that, she was always like sexually liberated no matter what, even after that and had her diva attitude. So to me, out of all the Disney quote unquote channel princess, that was the only sane one of the group is Christina Aguilera, even though she's a massive bitch dealt with her, know her really from experience. Why is she a bitch? I don't know. I don't know. She's an actual asshole in person. Yes. The funny thing is, you know that, but every time she comes on, uh, like sings, you're like, oh my God, start listening. Yes. So you love the work. I love her work. I love her, like her singing, her voice, everything. Just her as a person. No, she's not a, she's not a good human. Fame does that to some people. It's like Madonna, you know, she's an asshole. And we've heard Beyonce, all the stories about her, you know, it's just like, you can, you know, it's nice to just be very pretty on the outside. And that's one thing, but if you're nasty on the inside, that's just not, that's not cool for me, but uh, you can still appreciate their work. Can't you? Yes, definitely. Yeah. Many, many many decades ago, and it's literally decades that um, I actually worked at Disney and I worked during their 25th anniversary. And I dealt with all the celebrities at a particular hotel because that hotel was designated the celebrity hotel. So 900 rooms of nothing but media personalities from news, actors, singers, dancers. So we got to, you know, interact with all of them. RuPaul. I, even though over the years has evolved and changed, was a sweetheart, perfect soul, both as male and female. Loved mm-hmm. him, loved, mm-hmm. loved the personality. Um, who? Aerosmith. Aerosmith. Oh my God, those guys are amazing there. They just, they actually took the time to know all our names and get to, and say good morning or good afternoon to us by name. So that they were just down to earth there. Um, who was the little, Leanne Rhymes. Now she was very, had overprotective parents. So she was very shy, but yes, the parents really was like telling her, it's like, you don't know who to trust. You don't know what to say because she was 16 at the time. So it tells you how long ago that was. Right. So it's like, <laughs> yeah. I was going to say, I was like, she's, 
she's still got her parents around now. I'm like, oh, I was, I was thinking like it would be like Taylor Swift because she's notoriously still got her mum and dad like doing everything for her like right, right. now. Um, but yeah, that's crazy. I would have loved to have seen that. And the thing is, when you do meet uh, celebrities or any personality at all, um, word does travel fast. And if if you are an arsehole, people will hear about it, um, especially in any industry, really. But um, especially in one like that, where you have a lot of power, like Britney. I mean, did you see her Instagram? That poor woman dancing around like that. I mean, like, oh my gosh. I don't know what to say about that. Yeah. Like, no, no she is. Especially trying to fight for her, for her own rights. So That's yeah. horrendous, isn't it? Uh-huh. Oh my god! Like the whole thing. I mean, I used to. I bought every single CD of hers. Like every single one. I was such a fan, you know. Um, so it is kind of sad to see, like how, as an adult, it, it just seems like things have just completely gone to shit. Uh-huh. So I, I mean, everyone's got that hashtag free Britney thing, haven't they? I don't really know too much about it, but yeah, yeah, it's still going, still yeah. going strong there. <laughs> like... Oh no, rubbish. But it is funny how certain celebrities really. Uh, stay grounded and others like get this in their head of how big they are. And then when they even screw up, they make these excuses. Actually, no, this leads me to another stripper story. <laughs> Go oh, for oh, it. It keeps going. It's okay. So okay. I know well, right now at the end of this, you're going to think like, Oh my God, he's there all the time. And I don't, I don't go. No, I don't not anymore. We haven't gone in a while there. I so. want to use these. I want to like re- regurgitate these for my podcast. They're just fantastic. Oh, so, we'll be happy to come on and tell about our stripper stories. Please, please. Oh my God. Can you? I would love that. Oh, yeah, totally. Yes. And the funny thing is, it, it happens in Vegas again because oh, it was my a... younger brother's bachelor party. Oh, okay. I thought we were going to do a social justice stripper. No, 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 no. Okay. That's a different, this one. Is a different one. Okay. So, um, I go to Vegas uh, I was the best man for my younger brother, and he had a lot of friends that were very well off. And assos. You added that. I, <laughs> some of them were cool. I like some of them. I like some of them. Some of them were big-headed. Um, but when you're, you're with a crowd like that, you know it's a crowd mentality. So somehow we end up, and it wasn't score. Uh, was it score? Yeah, it was scores in Vegas. I think it. And next thing I know, like 20 minutes into it, we're in the VIP section upstairs. And they had this room set up where the, you could still see through all the windows, but it was, it was like the window started at about four feet. So if you were sitting, you couldn't see the other room, but if you stood up, you could see some, some stuff. Right. And at one point, you know, I'm younger. I'm not exactly, I'm out of my element is the best way to put it. Right. But we're all having fun. Girls were friendly and amazing, of course. And I look at the room because there's like six rooms in a row on the first, on the second floor. Mm-hmm. And I look over at one and I kind of give a weird stare and I'm grab my brother. I'm like, is that Russell Crowe <gasps> in the next room over with his friends partying? And he grabs me and turns me around. He goes, and that's Keith or Sutherland. Yeah. And I'm like, I am so fucking out of my element, but I'm going to enjoy every moment up here. I love that. Cause I can imagine them both being in the strip club. That's so good. And then I'm sitting there. I got a little nervous for a moment going, I don't make, I don't make bad money at the time, but you were making but I don't their, make their money. Exactly. At the time. <laughs> and it was funny how eventually our room had, I think there was seven of us. And we had about five girls in the room. And then I looked up and looked at the other two rooms. And there's like 35 girls in the other two rooms. I'm like, it's economics. I'm good with it. 
exactly and they'll probably all get paid just to stand around which is the great thing about it well you'd you'd hope so anyway oh i i i I swear i hope so i i i very much support sex workers getting paid like i do not i i know people who go to a strip club nearly broke i'm like why don't that that's you you're just gonna piss people off and you're not gonna have a good time if you're gonna go be fair pay for what's going on Exactly, because people don't get it at the end of the day. If there's people in the club, it doesn't matter if they're spending money as much. Girls still have to go on the pole and we don't get paid for pole dances, not in the UK anyway. I mean, there's there's pound in the pot places where they'll send a pot around and people will put money in it um, while you're on the stage. But the places I've worked are a, a little bit different from that where you get paid more money to be in the VIP and for dances, but your stage shows are just to kind of help the club kind of thing. They're advertising. Um, it's more advertising, yeah. Um, and normally, if you've got twenty pounds on you, you, just pop it to the DJ. Like, I'll just skip this one, and he'll be like, "All right," and pocket the money. <laughs> so you don't always have to go on the stage, which is good. Um, but yeah, no, that's the worst when you see a guy at the bar who's just drinking like champagne or whatever, buying drinks and not paying for the girls. That's another one that I absolutely hate. They'll buy magnums of LP rose and everything else, or or they and they won't pay the girls. Um, they're the ones that should be out on the street. I don't know if actually you can drink in strip clubs in Florida. Can you? Yes. Yes. You can. can you do it? In the, can you do it in the UK? Well, wait, it's the UK. There's, you could drink everywhere. You could drink everywhere in the UK. Oh. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> There's a difference on that one there. Good yes. morning. Here's a, here's a point. It's just um, in Tampa. That's the only area where you can actually touch the strippers. Everywhere else you could see it, but Tampa you could actually touch the strippers. Oh wow, we can't we can't do that in the UK. I mean, there's one strip club I know of that's like under the radar that they turn their cameras off. Um, but the council does go around and check the the that everybody's a meter away. So that's how the dancers have become now in the UK. Everybody has to the the dancer has to stand a meter away from the customer at Wait, all even, times. Even pre-COVID. Oh, pre-COVID, yeah, yeah. Oh. So can you imagine how hard it was to earn money? There's no touching at all, like at all. Now, you see, um, the way it works in the U.S. is every county has their own rules. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And Florida is like 50 counties, no, over 50 counties, 63 counties. Yeah, something like that. Um, and then different states will have different laws and stuff. And um, where we are now, just north of us, is a little county. It's very conservative. And it has that rule that they have to not only be uh, three feet away, a meter, they have to have a little, like, two-foot-wide stage that they stand on that must be at least six inches tall. And it, it, it's, it's killed them over here. But then the funny thing is, like you said, you go over one county and they can dance, they can brush up against you, but again, just no hands on them whatsoever. And then you have the yeah. other county that you can have hands all over them. Literally. See, and I- the thing is, I didn't know that. When I first went out <laughs> to that county, I didn't know that. So I'm like, okay, let's go. I have some drinks. Da, da, da. And then she sat on my lap, grabbed my hands, put it on her tits and put her hand on her butt and grabbed my crotch. And I'm like, I'm not in Kansas no more. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. Though you'd almost like the shock though of it. It was it's like that for me is more exciting. I mean, I don't know. That's never happened in the UK, like at all, any club I've ever been at. Like that that is a complete no no. You're getting dragged out by the scruff of your neck on the street, you know? Um, so it has kind of killed the vibe. I prefer it. I think if a woman's confident and she's consensual and she's enjoying herself. Um, and the, and the guys being respectful. I think what is the problem? I mean, obviously we're not talking about fingers in assholes and things like that, but we're talking about like 
brushing and like having a, a human connection, like a cuddle, like a cuddle isn't a big deal, right? Like it's not, for me, that's not a big deal, but, and it has completely killed the industry over here. It being super, super strict, like crazy strict. No exchanging numbers, no whispering in each other's ear. Like everything has to be sat away from no touching, no hands on shoulders, no hands on anywhere. Like if you touch a stripper, you're out. It's, it is crazy. I'm interesting. Um, how did the dungeons work? They are much freer, much freer. I, I would say. Yeah, they're, they're like privately owned. So it's almost like someone's house. Um, okay. So it's not really um, a public place where you go and drink, for instance. It's not like a bar. It's, it's more of a privately owned public, like as in a public house, but you don't go there to socialize and drink. You go there for your session and that's it. Um, and that's normally either with a dominatrix or you can just hire the dungeon out yourself. Um, but yeah, so it's, it's, it's pretty free. I mean, obviously there is, there are some rules like about the age limit of people. Um, and anyone who's got like a pre-existing like medical condition and things like that, you have to fill out a form and things before. I don't know if that's strict or not, but yeah, still. And then obviously you have to fill out like what you're willing, how far you're willing to go and not go and your limits and things. But other than that, they're pretty chilled out. Yeah. I like working in them. They're good. Yeah. I wish they were open now. (laughs) Unfortunately, I don't think they're going to be open because they are so privately owned and they just, they do depend on the foot, the foot traffic of people. Um, that I, I'm not sure if they're even going to open again, which is quite sad. I mean, I've done, I've done a few Zoom, Zoom like stag do's. I guess you call them bachelor parties over here with like 40 men on a Zoom call, like with me stripping in my living room. I've done that. That that was quite cool in COVID lockdown. Um, and I've known a few dominatrix do a similar thing with a few of their like subs. So they'll get them all on a Zoom call and then you know give them little tasks to do or whatever. Um, that's that's quite cool, but I don't I don't know if person to person that's going to be a thing again. I don't know. I miss it. I mean, uh, our local dungeon has actually opened up. They've been open up about five weeks, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, oh, that's cool. But um, I went in to do a photo shoot, and they had put tape down on the floor. So I mean, obviously, you never interrupt someone during a scene, but now it is like this is where you walk if someone's in this box, you don't get in this box just to remind people. Cause I, you know, you get into subspace, you're, you're wielding a uh, flogger. It's easy to forget what six feet is, but yep. it just, it, it kind of looked a little weird having all this yellow tape on the floor. It looked like a very odd body outline going through everywhere. And wow. it is at 50% capacity, which, you know, that's already like struggling as it is, but we know like once the, the restrictions are lifted that, that 100% capacity is going to happen really, really quick there. Yeah, I think COVID has definitely changed some things. Yeah. But at the same time, we're all itching to get back to the things we love. Yeah, I completely agree. I just, I really just don't know when it's going to be. I think we're talking even over here six months time where things are, I mean, clubs, especially when it, it involves person to person contacts, which the sex industry does very heavily <laughs> that, it, you know, it's, it's something that's going to probably be the last thing on the list to get back to normal. Unfortunately, in a normal, like in a struggling economy anyway, um, I think, I don't know, I really hope that it doesn't make massive impact into not just only the performers, but like everything else. 
So yeah, I don't know. I really hope though that we can follow your lead and do things like the drive through strip club and things like that. Cause we really need that over here. We do. <laughs> Well, there you go. Just find a few investors, find a, a barn in the middle of nowhere in a field. And there you go. There's your drive through uh, strip club. Yep. Um, maybe I'll, when next time you're on my podcast, I'll be like, I set it up guys. I've set it up and we're doing really well. <laughs> Could you imagine? That'd be so good. <sighs> so it has been an absolute pleasure ch chatting with you, but Thank you. where can people find you in your podcast? Well, we're everywhere that you listen to podcasts um, and we have a Instagram called Stripper Stories Podcast. Um, and yeah, and you can contact us on there and listen to all the podcasts that are all on there. So yeah, we're everywhere you can listen to podcasts. Come and listen. And I'm, I'm, I can't wait to get on there. I, now I got to go back and listen because <laughs> yeah. the, the more I'm hearing, I'm like, yeah, that, that's a great, always the great stories. Yes, we are have. Are from two places. <laughs> no, 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 it's true, it's true, it's true. Stripper clubs and ERs. Because ER nurses always have the greatest stories, which occasionally when they come out of the strip club and go to the ER, those are probably the best stories. We need to set another podcast up. We do. Just like a sub one, ER stories <laughs> via the strip club. <laughs> but yeah, thank you guys for having me. I really appreciate it. Thank you for being on the show. We appreciate you. Hey, John, I want to get a new toy. Okay, so let's go to Fair Villa. But I don't want to waste time trying to find out what goes with what. Well, there's Fairville University and their staff is very well educated and helpful. Okay, but how about if I just want to go to a party instead? Then go to their website because on their calendar they list all their events. But I don't want to spend a lot of money. Have you heard of their loyalty program? Oh yeah, that thing on my keychain that makes everyone blush every time they see it. That's the one. Let's go. Well, they have over five locations in Central Florida. Which one do you want to go to? Fair Villa, for, for pleasure, pleasure, fun, and, and fantasy. fantasy. Thank you for listening to Sex, Pods, and Meat. If you like our content, please like, subscribe, and preview us. You can find us on social media platforms at Sex, Positive Meat or on our website at sexpositivemeat.com. You can also reach me on all social media platforms as Miss Angelique Luna. And you can find me at John C. Luna. And if you liked content like this and want some more, please subscribe to our monthly newsletter. And thanks for listening. Goodbye. Goodbye.